BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is the best of talk of champions brought to you by Modern Woodman. You've walked this path many times before. It's a chance to think, especially about your future. How will you turn your retirement dreams into reality? Will you have enough gold for your golden years? Your choices for building funds for retirement can be complicated. Fortunately, you have a friend in the community who can help you make the right decisions. That's your modern Woodman agent. Your agent is a skilled professional who will listen to your needs and desires and then work with you to create a plan that uses the right financial products to achieve your retirement goals. Build a lasting professional relationship with a trusted financial advisor. Hi, this is Thomas Chandler, your local Modern Woodman representative. Give me a call today at 662-296-0186. Let's make a difference together. Hotty toddy and go Rebs. Get in touch with your agent today. Modern Woodman of America. Touching lives. Securing futures. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. On with me now, former Ole Miss quarterback tight end, do all everything, I guess, athlete, Robert Lane. Rob, what's up, man? Hey, man. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for coming on. It's a interesting time in, in fall camp for Ole Miss and that the grind part of camp, which all you former players just loved too. I'm sure that you just loved <laughs> camp. Um, those, oh, yeah. <laughs> those dog days are over. They're turning to South Alabama. But what's really interesting in the storylines that have come from fall camp, at least one of the most interesting notes, is Jason Pellerin, former quarterback, has converted first to wide receiver, now to tight end due to an injury to Dawson Knox. And immediately my mind went to one place, and everyone now knows where I'm going with this. Who's the last quarterback to move to tight end? Oh, Robert Lane. What kind of adjustment is he dealing with right now? Man, it's a huge adjustment. Um, You know, uh, one thing is is being tight end, uh, I'm sorry, being a quarterback, you never get hit in practice. So – the biggest adjustment is is going from it's not necessarily the games it's it's uh it's getting used to practice because the quarterbacks are used to going through individual drills and throwing and doing this and that and kind of easing into practice and and going through team it's more mental than anything so the physical side is is the toughest part uh you know you go into tight end drills and and it's hitting from the very beginning all the way through the end so just the the uh, physical part of practice is the biggest biggest adjustment uh, that I'm sure he's dealing with. Uh, mental side is easy, just because you're a quarterback, you know what everybody does. So 
you know, that part should, should be easy. Um, and if he, if you're any kind of athlete, you can pick up the technique, uh, you know, pretty quick. Um, so, uh, the, the physical side is no doubt, the, uh, I, I feel for him, uh, for sure right now, especially having to do it in, in, in uh, fall camp. One thing you mentioned, and, and I think it's the obvious question is when you're a quarterback, you, 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 especially when you've been a quarterback your entire life, maybe you played a little wide receiver as he did in high school, just here and there. But when you're a quarterback, yeah, you can tuck the ball and run. You're used to the physical part, but putting your hand in the ground, learning to block the, the, technical side of blocking getting your pads low getting your hands in the right place that's all foreign to him how long did it take you and when did you kind of start to click in that aspect of it that's right you know when I made the move it was in the I don't know uh, first quarter of the the season of my redshirt sophomore year so and and I wasn't asked to do a whole lot of blocking uh that first year it was more of a h-back position you know moving around trying to get the ball in my hands uh uh, you know, throwing it to me and, and stuff like that. So I spent a lot of time in the spring of uh, that next year and and, uh, and the summer, you know, working with the guys and learning the, you know, the steps and the the, the, the technique of blocking and and uh, you know that's that that comes with with reps and in which he'll get. Uh, and like I said, if you're if you're an athlete, which I, you know I'm sure he is, obviously, um, those things can those things kind of. Uh, are pretty easy to pick up as far as the, the steps and, and, uh, things like that. So, uh, like I said, it's just getting used to practice. Uh, mainly you're, you're doing so much more running, you know, and running routes and, and, uh, and then having to go and block defensive ends, uh, and linebackers is, uh, it's a lot different than, than dropping back and throwing a, you know, 10 yard out route practice. What's the best piece of advice you could give Jason Pellerin right now? Man, to work hard every day and and um, and remember that the team is is the the most important uh, part of of you know what's going on right now. You know it's hard to to realize as a quarterback. You know you, your you know mindset is is I'm a quarterback. That's what I am. That's what I've always been. But you know when you when you're asked to change positions, it, it can be tough to swallow. But but. Uh, main thing is remembering why you're there and you're there to, to win games and, and, uh, and, you know, win for the program and, and to do what's best for the program at that time. So that's what I would, I would say to him is just uh, keep his mind and eyes set on that and work hard and, and try to contribute uh, the best he can, you know, and, and who knows where it may bring, may bring you. When you were first approached about switching to tight end, what was your immediate reaction and how long did it take you to finally say okay i'll give it a shot man it was a hard pill to swallow but uh with the coaching transition um and and everything uh it 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 was pretty much i could see the writing on the wall it was either switch to tight end or you know go somewhere else and going somewhere else was really not an option for me because i loved Ole miss so much uh and i loved oxford so um you know saw the writing on the walls i knew i was i was a good enough athlete to to make the change. So to me, that wasn't a, a, a real big issue. Uh, and I just wanted to play and, and try to help, you know, us be better as a football team because we weren't very good at that time. Um, so, um, you know, I had a great time. I played a ton all the way from when I was a sophomore, all the way through, I was a senior. I was fortunate enough not to get hurt. Um, and, and I really enjoyed, you know, learning the new position. Uh, it was so you know, most people can't say that they, you know, threw a touchdown uh, in the SEC, scored a touchdown in the SEC, and called a touchdown in the SEC. 
um, which, you know, I'm one of those people. So, um, it was, uh, you know, a great experience and, and, uh, you know, I think it made me tougher. I mean, I mean, I can remember lining up against Alabama and, uh, it was my sophomore year, uh, and I'm going, what in the world am I doing? I'm about to go block this defensive end. And last year I was playing quarterback, you know, and this, this defensive end was six five, two ninety, you know. Um, so it was definitely a, uh, an experience, but, uh, but it was a good experience looking back on it. You caught 47 passes over your final three years. You were rivals, former top dual threat quarterback. I've always wanted to ask you this. When you came, mm-hmm. you signed with David Cutcliffe. He was your guy. I know David got fired abruptly. We could get into that, and I think both and you, mm-hmm. you and I would have some very interesting thoughts on that. But we'll stick mm-hmm. to this part of it. Um, there was always this idea, I think, amongst Ole Miss fans that Coach Cutcliffe, as good as he was, his offense was his offense, and he didn't really know how to adapt to a guy who didn't fit a certain mold at quarterback, be it Eli. Then that's why Ethan Flat got the turns he did at quarterback. And it, to mm-hmm. me, I've always said, you know, Robert Lane came a little bit too early because if he was in these offenses these days, he'd be a quarterback hands down, no doubt, and he'd, he'd be really productive, these yep. spreads that you see. Would, is that yep. a fair criticism of Cut that he just couldn't adapt his yes. offense? Or Yes, yes. And and I can tell you a little inside, uh, you know, Coach Roper was, was the OC and quarterback's coach. And, uh, and you know, I, I committed to LSU early, so people stopped recruiting me my senior year. Um, and I, I kind of fell in Ole Miss's lap, you know, there at the very last weekend of recruiting. It, it was kind of like, whoa, wait a minute, Robert wants to come on a recruiting visit to Ole Miss. Well, you know, okay, come on. So, and the next thing you know, I signed. I don't think they watched me much as far as a, a recruit. You know, they didn't study really who I was as a player. They knew that I was a top, you know, rated quarterback. But I don't think that they ever thought that, you know, they had a shot at me uh, to, to – you know, to get me. So uh, they, they didn't see me play in high school. I, I don't ever remember an Ole Miss coach coming to a high school, one of my high school football games. Um, so I don't think they really knew what I had. And then as a freshman, you're, you're thrown in the mix, especially when you got Eli as your quarterback, you know, they, they're not worried about They're worried about that season and coaching Eli. I mean, he, he was a Heisman trophy finalist, you know? Um, so I was down, I spent more time with the defensive coaches than I did with the offensive coaches in practice, you know? Um, so I think, you know, it took them until like, I think it was the, I played the last six games of my redshirt freshman year and, and the Mississippi state game, the egg bowl, that last game, uh, I remember coach Roper said, man, we, we didn't, we didn't know what we had. He called my dad. He said, man, we messed up. We we didn't know what we had in Robert. He he changes on game day. He's he's totally different player, and we're about to, you know, change the offense this spring. Robert's the guy. We're about to build the offense. We're going shotgun. We're about to spread it out. Going to let him run it. You know, twelve to eighteen times a game, and 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 throw it. You know, uh, also. So um, that was the plan. And then two weeks later, Cutcliffe fired, and you know, we all know what happened <laughs> after that. Yeah, Coach O rides in, and, and first you had Noel Mazzoni, then you had Dan Warner. Those are two pro-style offenses. 
And, and that's what's right. kind of curious to me now. You, you, you know, Coach O is the head coach at LSU, which is still surreal to say. He's the head coach at LSU <laughs> at this point, and now he's running yep. a spread variation of an offense, something that he refused to do until uh, like right. only occasionally. I think I remember the LSU game when he finally let Brent run some spread concepts. You had Hugh mm-hmm. Freeze, then the wide receivers coach. God, let's not get into Freeze now. But the wide receivers yep. coach or whatever it was on that staff, and he was mm-hmm. ca- able to call some plays. <laughs> I mean, right. was there some some part of tight end Robert Lane looking around saying, "Hey, this is the offense I was supposed to run." Yeah, yeah, I would sit in uh, the tight ends meetings, and and Freeze had that mindset back then. Even you know, uh, he wanted to spread it out, and and I'd go, Coach, why don't y'all let me do this? You know, and uh, you know, it was it was a it was it was a hard pill to swallow. You know, really was, and uh, but it is what it is. You know, you're young, and you have no you have no leverage, so. Uh, you know, going forward, you just got to, uh, you know, uh, do what the coaches say. And, and when Orgeron first came, it was all about S- S- uh, USC. It was the USC offense, and Matt Leinart does this, and Reggie Bush does this. And, you know, we, we won national championships running this play. Well, we didn't have a Matt Leinart or a Reggie Bush, you know. So uh, you, you got to adapt to the players you have. And I think that that's what he's learned to do, hopefully. Um, you know, going forward, I, I wish him nothing but the best. Uh, but he's, I think he's lived and learned and, and you can't try to, you know, shove an offense down uh, people's throat that, you know, if you don't have the, those type of players, you know. When someone approaches you and says, hey, Robert, tell me about Ed Orgeron. What's your best Ed Oak story? Oh, man, we could go forever. Uh, <laughs> well, first off, I, I, that's what I tell people. I say, Coach O, if you see him, if I saw him today, he's a great guy. I mean, you, you got to like him. Uh, very likable guy. I think he's I think he's made a huge change from how he was in 2007 to how he is now in 2017. Uh, you know, he wouldn't even let us say a prayer after practice uh, at Ole Miss. Um, and, and now I think I saw an interview the other day. First thing he does every morning is he goes out on the, the balcony of the LSU Stadium and, and thanks God for the – position that he holds at LSU. So to me, that right there tells me he's a different person now. But to get back to the question you asked, the best story that I have, well, one of the best ones, is <laughs> the last game that he coached against Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl that we were winning and got beat in 07. Uh, we were in Tupelo in the um, hotel, and uh, it was a meeting before we got on the bus. And Coach Rippon, little bitty short defensive back coach, great guy. It was kind of chilly outside. He had on a half-zip Ole Miss sweater. And Orgeron was giving a speech, and he decided that, you know, he was going to rough up. You know, he, he loved to rip shirts off. So he was going to rip Coach Rippon's shirt off in front of the team and get everybody fired up. Well, he didn't know that he had a half-zip uh, sweater on, and he went to rip it. Well, he, he couldn't rip it. It wouldn't, wouldn't rip. So he ends up throwing Rippon around. Rippon goes to his knees, and he's slinging Rippon around like a rag doll. <laughs> and it, on his knees in front of the whole team with, and all it did was stretch Rippon's, you know, sweater out. And it was kind of like, Oh man, that didn't turn out good. So Rippon ended up with uh carpet burns on his knees and uh, a stretched Ole Miss uh, sweater. And, and the team walked up to the bus, just kind of like, Oh, that was a joke. <laughs> so that was, uh, <laughs> that was, and that's just one of many. I mean, we could stay on for two hours talking about stories, you know, was there ever a moment when you 
thought to yourself about Ed Ordron, eh, I don't think this is going to go well. Every day. Um, oh, wow, yeah. And, yeah, every day. Um, it, it, was a, it was a struggle to, to go into the, the – the office per se and and say all right let's let's go do this and have fun it was not fun i mean it was torture um it just the coaches were miserable uh players were miserable training staff was miserable they were scared to death um you know you could just feel that it was not a good environment uh and it was created by him. And I think he would admit that today. I'm not trying to bash him. I'm just telling the truth. I think he would, he would understand me saying that today. Um, and I think he's learned from that. And, you know, hopefully he has success at LSU and, and going forward, you know. But it was uh, – a lot of our teammates talk – we still talk about it. It's just like, oh, my gosh. Thank the Lord we don't have to go to Orgeron's camp, you know. So – you were you were a, a no. par- you were a parade all American, and and knowing all that you went through, not just the position change, but the misery under O, would you change anything? Mm-hmm. Would you go somewhere else? Looking back, so you know, I, I I don't think you can look back. You know, I mean, I think I was placed. I was talking to my wife about this actually last night. You know, I was placed at Ole Miss for a reason. You know, sometimes I don't really know exactly why, but. You know, the Lord had me at Ole Miss for a reason. Uh, you know, I met my wife there. We we now have two beautiful twin girls that if I don't go to Ole Miss, you know, I don't have these twin girls, you know. So, um, yes, do I wish it would have gone different personally? Yes. You know, heck, yeah, we all want to be in the NFL and making $30 million a year and, you know, doing all this. But, you know, for whatever reason, that wasn't the Lord's plan. And, uh I'm I'm completely content and happy with my time at Ole Miss and what I accomplished and where I where I am today, you know. So, you know, to look back and say, do you have any regrets? I don't have any regrets. I, I did the best that I could do with what was put in front of me at that time, you know. So um I I don't feel uh I don't feel cheated or or uh you know, I don't, I don't have any regrets about going to Ole Miss. Well, I will say this. I know it kind of gets lost because the season was four and seven and you are three and five in the SEC. But I think one of the most underappreciated, somewhat uh, forgotten great Ole Miss wins was at number 25 South Carolina when y'all went there in 2004. You had the three-quarterback monster. You ran for 97 yards on 16 carries, including a two-yard touchdown, and y'all beat South Carolina. So amidst all the bad, there were moments that were still to this day memorable Ole Miss moments. That's right, and that was with Cut. That was my that was my redshirt freshman yep. year, um, and that was with Cut, and and we were having fun, even though we lost that year. You know, it was a rebuilding year, and that's what I what made me so mad about him getting fired was, you know, the year before he was SEC Coach of the Year, um, and and won the the Cotton Bowl, and the next year we go four and seven and lost some close games, um, and and he gets fired, you know. So, uh, and, and like I said, that was a huge win against South. They were a dang good team. Um, and, and playing at South Carolina, it was, that was one of my, uh, I, and I, I, you still, like you said, you don't hear any Ole Miss fans talk about that game, but that's one of my most memorable games because that was the first time that I had played in a football and a college football game and I scored a touchdown, you know? So, um, it was, that's one of my most memorable Ole Miss football moments, uh, to this day. 
Had Pete Boone not pulled a Pete Boone and fired David Cutcliffe after that season, would Robert Lane have been the quarterback for the next three years? Yes, and I I can, you know, confidently say that. Uh, just due to the fact, you know, what I did against Mississippi State, the, the, the Egg Bowl that year, I kind of came into my own. I felt comfortable for the first time, you know, being there. I felt like I was the guy. And Cut came up to me in the hallway after the game. He said, he said, man, you, he said, you just blew me away. He said, I didn't know what we had. He said, you're the guy. He said, it's your job. I mean, there's no competition in the spring. He said, we're going to, we're hanging our hat on you. Win, win, lose, or draw. And he said, it's your job. We're about to build our offense around you. And put my arm around me and said, go enjoy your time. Great win. You know, uh, of course, we didn't have a bowl game. And, and like I said, you know, that's kind of our off time, you know, that was Thanksgiving, and next thing you know, two weeks later, he's fired. That's infuriating. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Yeah, one of the last just things out of the blue, too. Yeah, out of the blue. I mean, and look, you know? there are fair criticisms of David Cutcliffe. I understand that, and and but that's right. And, and, and that's any coach that doesn't win the national championship in college football now, you know. Yeah, and and I think some Ole Miss fans would say he'd plateaued in some way. Uh, which is fine, yep. but I just don't think it's fair to the guy fresh off one losing season following a 10 win to be canned like he did. No. And especially no. if you don't – if you're going to make that, that fire, you got to have that hire lined up, and they didn't. They ended up hiring a D-line coach it, for it, Well, and, and that was what was so frustrating is, is uh, Cutcliffe, you know, they fired him thinking, oh, we're Ole Miss. We're going to get all these recruits. Well, man, they didn't have anything until February. You know, nobody even put their name in the hat. Because if you fire a guy like Cutcliffe, what well, they, they thought they had they had Dennis Erickson lined up, and then Robert Kayat stepped all over that and said, "No, my guy is this guy at USC." So, not all blame yeah. on Pete Boone, but you're right though. If you're going to make that that fire, you got to have the hire done the next day. Yes, sealed. Yeah, time sealed, delivered. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that was what was that was so frustrating. Is and there really to me there was no good reason in in firing cut. You know, now if Eli his senior year they go you know, seven and four, then, and then you go four and seven the next year, then, yeah, understandable. But, hell, Ole Miss went to the Cotton Bowl, you know. Well, one of the last things, and I'll let you go, I, I know you still pay attention to Ole Miss football. I know everything that's going on with it right now. You don't really have to speak to that if you don't want to. But for you from Louisiana right now with your wife and baby girls, when you look over at Ole Miss and you pay attention to things, what are your thoughts on everything Ole Miss is dealing with in the season upcoming? Are, are you excited about it? Are you going to be paying attention and watching? Yeah, you know, I, honestly, I'm not a huge football fan. I like to watch football on TV, but I'm not going to go to, you know, seven Ole Miss football games this year, you know. So, um, it, I hate it for the program, for the longevity of the program. It was it was on such a roll, um, you know, that, that you hate that the NCAA deal is happening and, and you know, obviously the deal for Hugh Freeze personally and for the, for the school is just a – you know, huge black eye um, for for the program. So I, I hate that, but um, you know, it's something that Ole Miss has has overcome before, and and uh, we're gonna have to whatever the incident deals uh, we'll have to deal with, and and uh, it may take three or four or five years to to recover, and and but I think that Ole Miss has got the the support and the um, you know I think we can get good athletes uh, now with the facilities we have and. Uh, I think that we can we can rebuild. Uh, it just may take a little time. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you before I let you go. Uh, Matt Luke's a Cutcliffe guy. He comes from that tree. What do you think of Matt as the interim? Do you think he has a shot at getting this job? Love it. 
Yeah, I do. I mean, I think he's a great up-and-coming coach. I think he's put in his time. Um, I think he's a great motivator. Uh, I loved him when I was at Ole Miss. You know, he was an offensive line coach. He was there with Cut, and then he was there for one year with Orgeron. Um, and he's an Ole Miss guy. He knows what it's like to be a Rebel. And, um, yeah, you know, we'll see how he does this year. It's kind of an unfair advantage uh, <laughs> for him uh, going into the season on such short notice and whatnot. But, you know, if he can win, you know, six or seven games, then uh, I feel like it's worth giving him a shot. He's former Ole Miss quarterback tight end Robert Lane. Robert, man, thanks for doing this. We, we I hooked up with Robert on short notice, and he jumped right on. Man, it's, it's been great catching up, and let's definitely catch up soon. Yeah, man. Thank you, man.